0: Hello, my name is Ray Montgomery. I'd like to welcome you to the Navigating Blindness podcast. And on today's show, I have Michelle Schaefer, Adjustment Counselor at our Center for Visionary Solutions for the Blind. How are you doing today, Michelle? I'm well. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. Um, I wanted to bring you on the podcast because March is Disability Awareness Month. And I really think it's important to really for people to know about how individuals who are diagnosed with blindness, how they adjust and what things individuals like family and friends could do to help them adjust to blindness. So uh, I just really think it's important that people, you know, understand that aspect that is an adjustment period, you know, once an individual loses their, excuse me, loses their sight or, you know, any other thing that may go on within their life. So there's always an adjustment period. So Michelle, how long have you been working at uh, Boswell Enterprises? I've been at Bosma since 2012, working in the rehab center as the adjustment counselor. Okay. And how long have you been in the field of uh, counseling?
1: Since 1987, I have worked in corrections and community mental health before coming to Bosma.
0: I'm just going to jump right into it. So when an individual comes to our center, they're new to, you know, new to being blind, new to anything about blindness, and really don't know a lot about, you know, blindness at all. So... How does an individual adjust or what tips do you give them to adjust to what we call, quote unquote, their new normal?
1: Well, frequently, by the time they get to us, many of them are about 18 months into blindness and they've spent most of that time at home being in shock. Um, So this is their first time thinking about what am I going to do now and actually to begin doing things independently when they get here. So that in itself is a big adjustment to leave home and come here. Um, So part of what we do is help them kind of get used to being here, but also beginning to talk about what was their life like, what's it like now, and where are we going? Um, And, you know, there's a lot of shock and disbelief and denial in the beginning. By the time they get here, frequently they're ready to do something new. Um, So they may be past that initial worst stage and moving into just feeling sort of lost, anxious, maybe depressed in the beginning. And so our goal is to help them accomplish some things, take back some of the things they lost, see what they can do and begin to develop that future orientation of what's next for me. And again, we're not going back to what was. Um, and and I think people begin to realize that's not going to happen. So we are creating a new normal and, and our word to them is it's going to be a good new normal, not just a forced new normal, but to make something good.
0: So, You know, the experiences or the emotions that that individual may be feeling is actually rather normal. Like, I mean, anger, disbelief. Yeah,
1: shock and a lot of anxiety because one of their senses is gone and their and their awareness of their environment is much more difficult. And also a lot of fatigue because everything they do now is much more difficult. Uh, So they're just tired of the struggle sometimes.
0: Oh, you say that again? <laughs> Fatigue is something, yes, it is definitely something that uh, happens, definitely, when you start going through your training and you're doing the orientation and mobility. It's mental at that point. It is very, very braille.
1: stressful. Um, so we know that. And we try to go at a pace that's comfortable. And it's a one-on-one training for that reason. Everybody's in a different kind of wants different things. They may move at different paces. It also depends what else they may have going on in their life. Are they going through a divorce perhaps too? Are they trying to parent? Are they financially okay or not? I mean, a lot of things play into how people adjust.
0: Talk talk about that support aspect of uh, adjusting to blindness. How crucial is having support of family, friends, and loved ones when you're trying to adjust?
1: It makes such a huge difference. In fact, um, those who have some support are going to move through the process much more quickly. And I think a key piece of that is family members need to continue to be family members and not move too far into the caretaker role and forget that family role, because it's important to know that the people who've always done things with you, how they've treated you in, in many ways, keep it as close to what it was as possible.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So uh, just really, um, Talk about just the group counseling and how you are helping individuals at our center and how counseling actually plays a role in them regaining uh, their independence.
1: Well, all of them would have individual counseling a couple of times a week. We may talk about vision loss. We may talk about other life issues. We may also be talking about work readiness. And then we have group counseling twice a week. One of those groups would be kind of information, what resources are out there, what technology is out there, telling them what tools may be. The second group is a a process group. And what that means is they process thoughts and feelings about being here, about vision loss or whatever is important to them. Now they get the chance to bring up a topic, but if there's not a topic, I'm gonna share with them either by video or in real life, other people's experiences of adjustment, things that I think may be of interest to them. How our brain rewires to control anxiety whatever kind of topic that might be relevant and helpful. But that peer support is super important because they may not have met anyone else who's blind ever before. And so they need someone who understands and they need to see what other people are doing to handle this or that situation on a day-to-day basis. So
0: so, so those individuals can kind of uh, play off one another and okay. know, learn different tips and tricks on how they're doing things. And they, you know, each one teach one in a sense. Mm-hmm.
1: And there's another population that comes to the rehab center and that are young people who are moving from high school into their adult life. And they may have always been blind, but they have not maneuvered independently. So, so it's kind of interesting that they can assist clients who are new to blindness and clients who worked before and lived independently can also help them kind of mature into a new adult life versus being a student life.
0: So do you um, believe a person, you know, if they're not even going to our center or any type of rehab, do you believe that the individual should seek out some form of counseling to express themselves? Uh, Absolutely. But I think it will be hard maybe to find a counselor
1: who's familiar with vision loss. At least that's what I hear. Mm -hmm. Uh, But a lot of counselors are familiar with grief and loss. And I think if, if you can find that, it's still very helpful, even if they don't know tons about vision loss. But yeah, it's important to have support and, and to reduce the isolation, because people have a big tendency to just isolate in the most comfortable place they can find. And um, having to talk about it, having, to, having someone to listen to you, I think is really important.
0: Um, there's I um, I can't believe what you call it. I mean, excuse me, I can't recall what you call it. But when a person goes blind, they often see images.
1: That's a Charles Bonnet syndrome?
0: Yes, the Charles Bonnet syndrome.
1: It's the brain attempt to fill in what you've lost. Usually your brain is getting images through your eyes. And when you lose that, the brain will attempt to fill in with images, either that you've seen before or just around you. So it can feel like hallucinations. Mm -hmm. But in fact, it's different. Um, You're not interacting with those. You're not necessarily believing they're real in a way that someone might if they're having hallucinations but but they're very disturbing to people. They often see colors, patterns. Sometimes it looks like a tree is inside the building. Um, and so as, that, as so you go back, it's going away. It can be very normal. It means your brain's trying to fill in what it lost. It does not mean that you're going crazy or something like that.
0: I, I think I recall that happening to me before, you know, when I lost my I didn't know what it was. But it, like you said, it was kind of like hallucinators. It's, it's kind of like you're, you're seeing things that you once seen. And I remember vividly, I was just been in my room and I got up and I started walking very slow because I could see, right? And it was almost like in disbelief, like, OK, this, this can't be real, but I'm going to keep walking. But then when I almost got, because I wanted to see myself, it was it was crazy because that's really, I don't know why I'm so vain. <laughs> but I just wanted to see, you know, what I look like, you know, Right. And I almost got there and it just, you know, just stopped. So it's yeah. kind of like a mirage in the sense where it's like, it's tricking you to think yeah. that it's real. And it, it is, I don't know, it's kind of almost hurtful in a sense because it's-
1: And I think over time, those will subside yes. for most people. Yeah. But it's very frightening to people and they frequently don't want to say that that's what's happening because they're afraid of how people will interpret it. But it's it's a very normal thing for the brain to try to
0: fill in those visual images. That's yes, definitely. So uh, Michelle, you have some uh, a Saturday seminar coming up here on March the 13th at 10 a.m. Uh, can you talk about our Saturday seminars and um, what you're trying to accomplish with those? They happen once a quarter.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the goal is to get families
1: and clients and friends of clients all engaged in talking about topics that are common to us. Right. Um, this one will be about how to deal with anger um, and some strategies for that. Most of us know what anger feels like. Some people struggle with it more than others. Now, we'll do a little bit about vision loss in those seminars, but in general, they're more common across-the-board topics just to get people to mingle, engage, stay connected. Um, So we used to have them in the center, and we would have food and socialize that way. This year, we've, of course, done them virtually, and we present recipes that are easy to make. Um, Donetta does some tips on day-to-day things when you're blind. And then I'll do a mental health topic usually, and we'll have discussion. And generally, we have about sixteen people on virtually. Past clients, their friends, their family, um, just as a way to all kind of engage and and stay connected.
0: That's that's really it. Got to stay connected during these uh, times of uh, quarantine and social isolation because you know sometimes as a you know as blindness is you know, kind of a lonely uh, disability at times because
1: mm-hmm.
0: you're by yourself and, you know, you may have yeah. limited vision or you're in the dark. So, you know, definitely make sure you check on them and your family and friends and uh, keeping them in tune to what's going on. So mm-hmm. play the crucial part in that.
1: And the um, other thing is, is that's open to anybody. It doesn't have to be somebody directly connected to Bosma necessarily. Usually it is, but but we're not saying you have to be a client or staff to attend.
0: So, so before I let you go today, Michelle, so give me a tip or something just to lead the people with. So when the person is losing their vision or has lost their vision, you know, they may be angry. They may be going through a lot of um, grief and things like that. How, what would you tell that person, you know, to help them? And what would you tell their family members as well?
1: I would say to them, remember you've done hard things before. You do have some skills for managing this and it's okay to have whatever feelings you have but don't lose sight of some goals, some hopes, have some fun, still engage in living as you go along. If you isolate, if you shut people out, it only gets more difficult. And there are people who understand. And the other thing that I think is helpful is look to all of the other persons who are blind and visually impaired before you who have been very, very successful. And I think that is probably the most important thing to the clients is to see, the teachers, the other staff who are living a good life, it's the best remedy for for what they don't know.
0: Yeah, that's it. Well, once again, Michelle, I want to thank you. And once again, Saturday seminar, March the 13th, 10 a.m. Yes. So if they want to sign up, do they just they just They just email. call
1: in on the Uber line. That number is 877-314-9891. Uh-huh. I think 9891. I hope so. <laughs> Yeah.
0: yeah definitely Yep. Yeah. and also the, all that information will be on all of our social media channels on facebook twitter and on linkedin and also visit bosma.org to learn more about our center and how we are creating more opportunities for people who are blind or visually impaired and once again michelle i want to thank you make sure you guys are subscribed on apple podcast and on soundcloud and i'm going to talk to you guys next week